It's January 10th, 2013. Kendrick Johnson gets up, gets dressed, and arrives at school as usual. He's a student at Lowndes High School in Valdosta, Georgia. Kendrick's morning goes smoothly and without instance. But then when it's time for Kendrick to be in his third block class, a weightlifting class, he's a no-show. Kendrick is marked absent. That night around 10 p.m., Kendrick's mom started to get worried. So they hopped in the car and took every route they could think of between their home and the school, looking for any sign of their son, making calls, asking friends, but no one knew where he was. By 12.30 a.m. on January 11th, Jackie had called 911 and reported her son missing. And how he ended up where they found him is still a mystery today. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Friday morning, Jackie Johnson goes to Lowndes High School and finds out that the last time Kendrick was actually seen was the previous day at around 1.09 p.m. on the school's CCTV cameras. And he was going into what they called the old gym. The school had two gyms. One was like a traditional older basketball gym with bleachers, and the other one, if I'm not mistaken, was like a weightlifting gym. But he is seen going into the gym but he never came back out. That morning, students in the 10 o'clock gym class notice a pair of socks sticking out of one of the rolled-up wrestling mats. This seems odd. When one of them goes to look inside the mat, they realize that someone is in there. The coach frantically knocks over the mats and attempts to get the person out, while a student calls 911. But he instantly realizes they are too late. As he overturns the mat, he is hit with the smell of vomit and decay and then he spots blood. Emergency responders arrive, and the school goes into lockdown around 11 a.m. Kendrick's mom was in the school office when Kendrick was found, but was not allowed into the area while it was still being investigated. Eventually, the body was identified as 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson. His body was inverted in the tube of the mat. You can imagine a rolled-up mat up on its side with one hand over his head and the other arm down by his side. He was not wearing shoes, but there were a pair of shoes in the mat behind his knees. And another pair of shoes were found on the other end of Kendrick by his head, a pair of black Adidas. It was revealed that Kendrick shared these shoes with another student. Kendrick would use the shoes for gym class, then return them to the mat for the next student to come in and use. One odd thing about these shoes, though, is that when they were found, one was in the mat with Kendrick and another was found on the floor in front of the mats. Neither of the shoes had any blood dropped on them. This is odd because Kendrick's body released fluids after his death, which is very normal, resulting in a pool of blood on the gym floor. And the blood is all around the shoe, and puddled around it, but there is no blood on the shoe besides the one part of the shoe that laid on the floor. Now, it could be very possible that maybe the positioning of his body blood only dripped in one area, and it was not near the shoe, and it pulled around the shoe slowly. It's a possibility. 
Either way, it's worth noting. Also, if you're wondering why the shoes were placed on the mats in the first place, is that typically the mats are laying on their side, where you could see through them like tunnels stacked up on top of each other. And some kids would use these mats as a cubby, so they wouldn't have to pay like locker fees. So, anyways, let's get back to the important stuff, okay? Here's the questions I have so far. So, why were his shoes in the mat in the first place? Would he really have dove headfirst into the mat? And he was found holding his headphones, indicating he was not trying to hold anything to keep himself from falling in. So I'm guessing the hand that is back behind him, not the hand outstretched in the mat, but the hand back behind him had his headphones still in his hand. No one is questioning the plausibility of Kendrick dying inside the mat. It could have absolutely happened. Okay, These mats are very heavy, and he would not be able to get out, especially if he went in through the top. And a fun fact here, there was a student who actually demonstrated this very thing. Um, obviously, with onlookers and someone to help him out of the mat, but he went headfirst into the mat and was unable to get out, and his screams for help were so muffled that if there was any sound whatsoever, any talking, any type of chatter, you could not hear it. Now imagine that, being trapped in that mat, screaming for help, and there's a gym class going on. There's basketballs bouncing. There's whistles blowing. There's people yelling and running. And it's just, it's chaos. And it's a big echoey gym. There's no way you would ever hear someone. No one would have heard him. He would have passed out quickly being in that position. And we know this is possible. And it's, it's a very likely cause of death. Several of the students told investigators it was normal for them to use the mats as a location to store their stuff. As I said before, it's just a way to avoid paying locker fees. So Kendrick being on the mats is a very plausible scenario, though unlikely. But if the shoes were in the mat and a janitor or a, a PE teacher or whatever, whoever it be, lifted these mats up, maybe they didn't see the shoes set in there. And maybe when they threw the mats up, the shoes just fell to the bottom of it. I don't know. But anyways, from the video of the scene, it appears that the mat Kendrick was found in was between the wall and other mats. So it was actually at the back, which is even worse of a position to be in. So Kendrick was in the mat against the wall. If he wanted to tip it, he wouldn't have been able to. He would have legit legitimately had to knock over the entire stack. And one, one kid his size couldn't knock over one tube out in the middle of the gym. So just keep that in mind. He was trapped. If you went in there head first, you're trapped. However, if the gym was cleaned, it did not appear so in the crime scene video that was taken the day the Kendrick's body was found. The gym is seen with mats laying spread out and trash tucked in all corners. And there was dried blood found on the wall near the area of the mats. A sample of the blood was collected and forensic scientists determined the blood belonged to someone other than Kendrick. And that the blood had been there for some time. 
and they never bothered to match the blood to any other suspects because there were none. Lowndes County Sheriff's Office waited six hours from the time they found Kendrick's body till the time they called the county coroner to come retrieve him. This is a violation of Georgia state law in regards to a dead body. The law states, coroner must be notified immediately, but in parentheses, barring special circumstances, whatever the hell that is. When asked about this discrepancy, the sheriff's office told reporters he did not want the coroner to have to wait on the scene to be swept, but they had already determined it was an accident. So why not call him immediately like you're supposed to? The two paramedics, which arrived on the scene first, claimed what they saw on the scene pointed to foul play and suggested the area be roped off as a crime scene. However, as soon as the police arrived, they marked and treated it like an accident. The police took the stance of accidental death and went forward with an investigation into an accident instead of a homicide. They took shortcuts in collecting evidence, and I think it cost them the credibility of this case. There were shoes and a hoodie that were not collected from the scene, and ownership was never established for any of those items. And it is evident in the crime scene footage that investigators did not follow protocol with collection of evidence. One example was not was that the police were not wearing protective booties. Some witnesses said they moved Kendrick's body without wearing gloves. So it was clear that the investigators contaminated the crime scene. And this was something that even the coroner confirmed. The coroner who performed the first autopsy would admit later, claiming he was unable to make an accurate conclusion because of the contamination of evidence. He claims this is why he was left with listing the cause of death as positional asphyxiation. It was even discovered that the body had been moved several times before the coroner even received it. Another huge mistake was they did not collect the CCTV footage from the school the day Kendrick was found. Instead, they asked the school for the footage days later and allowed the school to just supply whatever they had. So when they did supply whatever they had, a forensic expert said the video was altered several times and there were a number of files that would not play and could not be recovered. And then there is, of course, the missing camera footage. There is almost an hour worth of time where none of the cameras were working in the gym. The cameras outside of the gym caught several students entering and exiting the gym during the hour unaccounted for. But nothing in the gym. Right? Hmm. That's a little bit sus. The school claims the cameras were on mo- were motion activated. Or just malfunctioned at the time. Or no one set them off. But we know that is not true because the cameras outside the gym were still working. The Johnsons have never been satisfied with the ruling of accident and fought to have Kendrick's case looked at again. (laughs) Rightfully so. So his body was exhumed and another autopsy performed. It was found that he did not have any of his organs and that instead his body had been stuffed with newspaper. The funeral home that did the embalming did so at no expense to the family. So maybe they were trying to use the cheapest methods as they weren't profiting off of it, obviously. This is shitty practice, but apparently not unheard of. The organs had been disposed of because of the amount of decomposition to them. This is not common practice. As far as I could tell you, you were supposed to get consent from the family before disposing of organs. 
It was also found that blunt force trauma was the cause of death, according to the new autopsy. A karate-like chop motion on the back of his neck, hitting the carotid artery and stopping his heart instantly. However, many other medical examiners asked about this said they had never seen anything like this before and questioned the credibility of the examiner who did the second autopsy. Now, there was a third autopsy, but it was done by the same doctor who performed the second one. So again, many people were like, um, yeah, that's fine, but we don't believe that guy. He's the guy that thinks he was killed by a karate chop to the neck. So we don't believe him. He's, he's way off base. There have been many confessions and accusations thrown around regarding Kendrick's case, but no one has ever been convicted. CNN claims they received an anonymous email that stated the person knew who killed Kendrick. It was a teenage girl, and she claims a group of boys met and killed Kendrick in the gym because he had been sexually active with one of the boys' girlfriends. Somehow, all of the boys accused in this email were all cleared, and none of them were charged. The girls' claims were thought to be fabricated. This was the first of many red herrings that would come to light during this investigation. In fact, Kendrick's parents claim he was being bullied and hazed by a set of brothers, the Bell brothers. But the boys say they were friends with Kendrick. The family believes that the father of those boys, who is an FBI agent, is using his influence to bend this case and cover up what happened. But the boys were found to have alibis. One was on a bus headed to a wrestling match, and the other was seen in class at the time on the other side of school. The Johnsons say both of those alibis are false, that one of the boys was seen on camera outside the gym. Also, it is interesting to note that none of the Bell family cooperated during the initial investigation. At all. And they've been a part of this since the beginning. Something odd. That's just a fact that does not sit well with me at all. Um, and also, the oldest brother, Brandon Bell, he lost a football scholarship to Florida State University after being accused of being involved in the murder. The Johnsons filed a lawsuit claiming that Kendrick's death was a conspiracy and cover-up orchestrated by the Bell father. The Johnsons were, in turn, sued for $850,000 for defamation in order to pay the legal fees of the defendants. In 2016, it was ruled that no criminal charges would be filed in the Johnson case. And in 2020, all charges against 38 respondents were dropped. The charges were regarding the Johnsons' claim that someone confessed to killing Kendrick by hitting him with a 45-pound dumbbell, and then the same person was able to help in altering the footage the police received. The Johnson family continues to pursue the truth in this case, but it is my belief that we will never really know what happened to Kendrick, and that's all thanks to some shoddy police work. If the scene had been treated like a crime scene from the beginning, and the police had followed protocol and treated the situation correctly, it's my belief that we would have the truth by now. But instead, we are left to speculate. Um, this is a very, very tough case to speculate on. This may be one of the... This may be one of the only few cases that I've done that I feel like I'm, 
I really don't know what happened. I can see either of these things happening. I can see, you know, him getting, him going into gym class and he's going to get his shoes, these shoes that he always wears in gym, right? He looks over there. He's like, ah, damn, somebody's uh, lifted all the mats up. So how am I going to get the, you know, let me climb up here and see if I can find my shoes. You climb up there, there's your shoes down in the mat. You hold one hand up on the mat. You reach down with one hand. You're like, maybe I can reach them. You reach down in there. Your hand slips off the edge because you're holding your headphones in your hand as well, right? You slip down into the mat. Now what? You're so far into the mat that your feet aren't even sticking out. The only way his feet were spotted was when two students were up on the bleachers all the way up so they could see down and over and into the mats. That's how he was spotted. He wouldn't be spotted from the ground. And if he fell in and slid down in that mat, no possible way he's getting out. There's no way. And there's no way anyone hears him either, especially not being in the mat against the wall against the wall, surrounded by other mats. A rolled-up mat itself is nearly soundproof. Surrounded by others. And that would also explain why he, I mean, he wasn't seen, and it happened so fast in the gym. But there is the missing footage. The missing footage. And then the fact that the Bells did not cooperate at all. If you have nothing to hide, then just say what you were doing. Say where you were. You have nothing to hide. Right? Why not participate in the investigation? That just that strikes me wrong. And obviously, the, the missing hour of camera footage. Seriously? The waiting six hours to call the coroner. All of that stuff. It just, it does seem like a cover-up. And guys, there's a very convincing video put up uh, by Anonymous on the old YouTubes, and I have put a link down below the description. You'll see up beside it says Anonymous Video. And just hearing all of these, all of these facts back-to-back, it's like, oh my God, somebody killed Kendrick. Somebody absolutely killed him. It just has to be. It's definitely a cover-up. It's, it's a cover-up of some, of some nature because it just, it just doesn't add up. There's just so many fishy things about this case. But at the same time, the way his body was found, it's like, how, how would someone kill him and push him up on those mats? Because the mats were already stood up like that. The mats didn't get stood up with him in it, okay? So forget that. That didn't happen. Those mats were already up like that. How the hell, in the middle of the day, in a busy gym, with students going in and out, did, a, did another student or two students find the time to kill, kill someone, lift their body up onto the mats, and then throw them down into one of the tubes with no one being the wiser? I just I just can't I can't fathom that. That's that's a hard thing I have. That's a hard thing to swallow right there. Like how did okay, somebody killed him. Okay. I got you. How did they get his body in there? 
How? Right? This case baffles me, guys. I would love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your opinions. Um, I hope something else comes up on this case. I hope more comes out. I hope there's something, because this is just, this is one of the most frustrating cases I've ever looked into. For everything, it's just, it's like a seesaw. It's like you, you find out this, and you're like, oh, man, it was this. And you find out this, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe not. It's back and forth, back and forth. All right, guys. Well, I'm getting you nowhere, obviously. Let's, let's, uh, let's check in with Lauren this week. Let's see what he has to say about this brain scratcher in this week's Lauren's Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here again, my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The death of 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson of Valdosta, Georgia, who was found rolled up in a wrestling mat in his gymnasium at his own high school in 2013. Um, the coroner and the police decided to rule this an, a freak accident, as though he had climbed up the top of this wrestling mat that was standing vertically. Um, now, wrestling mats are very thick and heavy, um, and supposedly, you know, he would hide shoes in this because he didn't have a locker. Um, and s- somehow a shoe fell down in the rolled up wrestling mat and he climbed down inside of it, is their theory, and got stuck in there and suffocated upside down. Not buying that theory whatsoever. I don't think he could fit inside of a rolled up uh, wrestling mat while it's rolled up. I believe he was rolled up in a wrestling mat by someone, someone that murdered him, in my opinion. And there was also second and third autopsies done after the initial autopsy was ruled to uh, his death just a uh, uh, suffocation. Um, And the second and third autopsies, which were basically uh, pushed to have done by Kendrick's family, uh, found that he had died from blunt force trauma from a strike to the back of the head. And a lot's come out. There's been suspects. Uh, There's been a lot of lawsuits back and forth from what my understanding um, and a lot of accusations thrown back and forth. My theory is that he, Kendrick Johnson, a well-liked young man, was in a was had a group of friends, and I think it's it's very possible, without pointing any fingers directly, that this group of friends that he had got soured. Um, I think there was a, a female involved that drove a wedge between Kendrick and maybe a former friend, um, and they plotted to get rid of Kendrick. And they, they knew potentially where he would be, uh, where they could isolate him. They knew that because they knew and maybe were friends with him at one time that he would hide things like his shoes um, inside of a wrestling mat in an isolated, in the old gym is what they called it, where his body was found. This would be a spot where, you know, kid, kids did pass through there, um, but there was also, you know, a chance for them to get him alone, strike him, roll him up in a mat where you would not be able to get out. Once you're rolled up in one of those, especially if you're 
knocked out potentially from a strike to the back of the head. You're not getting out of there. And you, especially being upside down, the blood would rush to your head and you would ultimately suffocate. Um, and yeah, and I think it's possible that said person who maybe have gone, had gone to school with him, who was a former friend and now an enemy, uh, may have had connections through family to high levels of law enforcement. And there's a cover up because it just seems like law enforcement did not do a very, either they willingly did a bad job because they, this, they were told to, and there was, this is some sort of cover up or they're very inept at their job because it just does not seem like a proper investigation was done. I heard there was a lot of, um, unprofessional, we'll say, uh, behavior on, on behalf of the in, investigators and the homicide detectives that showed up, uh, they weren't wearing, um, gloves or booties or anything along those lines, which you're supposed to do. And they right away ruled this an accident. I just don't see how someone gets up on top of those mats and falls down inside of them like that. It doesn't make any sense, especially with their arms at their side. Um, I don't know if your shoe falls in there, you would, wouldn't you tip over the mat and unroll it and get your shoe out? Like the idea that you're like diving in, like it's a pool from the top doesn't make any sense to me. He, to me, Kendrick was clearly murdered by someone. And I think there is possibly a cover up here. And, and, um, I think this case needs to be reopened. I know there's been a lot of public pr pressure put on to reopen it, but I think there's powers that be that are preventing it from happening it, unfortunately. And I think it's a tragedy and I, I feel terrible for Kendrick's family. Um, and I think something needs to come to light. I'm glad Michael covered this one and get some attention on it. Um, I, I know there's petitions out there that can be signed and yeah, that's my thoughts. I think he was murdered and I think there's some sort of a cover up going on. Um, and it's all too common, uh, as we've seen over the course of doing this podcast. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. All right, Lauren, thank you very much for that detailed synopsis as always. So Lauren's on the murder train. He thinks this shit is covered up. Well, listen, if he was killed, there's definitely a big cover-up going on. No doubt. No doubt. And he's right. He's right. It, it is possible that if they wanted to, having a lookout, um, and also just kids minding their own business. You know, a lot of gym class, especially in 2013, I think a lot of gym class was kids sitting around kind of minding their own business. Maybe it was a time where a lot of kids got on their phone, you know, sat huddled with other kids on bleachers and whatnot. I, I went to public school. I know how it is. Not every kid is made to participate. Some kids don't give a shit. They don't, you can't make kids participate in PE. They'll take a failing grade. They don't give a shit. It's PE, you know, whatever. So there could be a lot of kids just sitting around kind of minding their own business, coming in, coming out, and not paying attention to these couple of guys who were over to the side uh, messing with a mat, you know, rolling a mat up, rolling it back up. Who knows? Maybe they're just cleaning up. And with two of them, they could easily stand that mat up with Kendrick inside of it. And that's that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. It's um, it, it's, it's just so hard to argue with the missing camera footage, uh, the blunt force trauma that was um, labeled as the cause of death from one of the coroners, uh, one of the two coroners, rather. There were three autopsies, but only two coroners did them. Um, so you can take it for what you will. Regardless of whether or not you believe this case is an accident, whether Kendrick made a bad decision reaching 
thinking that he could reach down in this mat and just grab his shoe. Um, or if maybe <clears throat> maybe someone was up there with him. Maybe he was like, yeah, I'll hold your feet. Reach down there and grab it. And he reached down in there and grabbed it. And then his friend, I'm using quotes here, could have been anyone that he went to school with. Um, maybe didn't grab his feet. Maybe didn't pull him back out. You know, maybe didn't help him out and he slipped and he fell into the mat. And then it was a opportunistic kill. Something that hasn't been introduced yet. Um, you guys know how I am. I'm trying to look at this case from every angle. That's why I have Lauren study separately. Um, <clears throat> that's why I have my wife study these cases as well. She helps me a lot with the writing of these cases um, and the telling of the story. So I want to have these outside opinions. I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything. I want to make sure that I do both sides of this case justice because we don't know. We don't know the facts and we may never know the facts. But spreading awareness about this case could at least keep something like this from happening again. At least now, if something like this happens, not only will the teachers know what to do, not only will first responders know what to do, but students will most likely know what to do. That is one great thing in the uprise and the popularity of true crime, is because when these things are committed, more people are familiar with the process, more people are familiar with the legal process and the process of what the cops do when they show up and 911 calls and all this, people are, are more familiar with this now, I think, than ever because of the rise and the interest in true crime. And I think overall, in a lot of cases, this is going to help solve and find out the truth in a lot of ways. Because when all these people are in on the way this process happens, we can all make sure it goes correctly, right? We can hold other people accountable. All right, guys. Well, that's the case of Kendrick Johnson. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I hope you look more into it. Look at the surveillance tape. Look at the crime scene photos. They're very hard to look at. They're very disturbing. I, I've put links uh, down below of all my sources, including a crime scene walkthrough video that is maybe one of the hardest ones I've ever had to watch. It's, it's pretty disturbing. It's very graphic, but it's necessary to see what happened. Kendrick Johnson's mother allowed these videos to be released. She has allowed all of these photos to be released because she knows that something sinister happened to her child. And these photos are a big piece of that puzzle. And speaking of being a big piece of the puzzle, you guys are a big piece of the puzzle of the success of this podcast, and I appreciate you guys more than you know. I'd like to get to some shout-outs now here at the end of the show, if you guys don't mind. I want to give a big shout-out to me, myself, and I, 03, who left me a five-star review and says, just as good as TCG. Well, I hope so. This podcast breaks down synopsis like cardboard boxes. <laughs> That's right. It does. It absolutely does do that. also want to give a big shout-out to Eric Bros. Left a five-star review on Podcast Addict, said... Michael, keep up the awesome work. Love being able to listen to this when I run out of TCG episodes. Hey, always happy to be your second best, buddy. Always happy. But guys, that's a great way to help the show. Another way to help the show is to join Patreon. Patreon.com slash S&U podcast. For just three bucks a month, you get access to these free episodes on Thursdays. And then you get access to another show on Mondays that I do called Strange Shorts. It's where I get on there. It's a little more relaxed, uh, if it could possibly be even more relaxed than, than 
than Strange and Unexplained, right? But it's uh, it actually is. It's more relaxed. Uh, it's a little more off the cuff. I ramble a little bit more. Um, and I, I just have fun with it. But it ends up being about typically the same amount of time as a Strange and Unexplained episode. So basically you get two podcasts a week if you join Patreon for just three bucks a month. Uh, five bucks a month. Guys, we'll get you the very exclusive, uh, very sought-after, strange and unexplained Patreon sticker, uh, which is the only way you can get it is being a $5 patron on Strange and Unexplained. And guys, new content to uh, be released very soon on Strange and Unexplained Patreon page. I can't wait. Guys, I am been working very diligently in all my free, all my free time. Um remodeling my new studio and I am stoked to get in there. It's so close. I'm hoping that um, by the time you're hearing this, I'm already in it um, on Monday. Obviously, not you patrons here on Thursday. Uh, I'm not done yet. (laughs) Hope to have it done by the weekend. So the next episode of SNU will be done in the new studio. Super stoked. Uh, But yeah, guys, again, that's patreon.com slash SNU podcast. All right. All right, guys. I'm going to let you go. Guys, go hit me up on social media at SNU Podcast. Give me a follow on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, if you have any case suggestions, great place to post them. Great way to get my attention. Or if you're on Patreon, send me a message, comment on a post, any of those things. I try to uh, check all of those things on a daily basis. Oh, and one more thing do not forget about merch, right? How can you call yourself a fan? You don't even have any merch, right? Do you even merch, bro? TrueCrimeGuys.Threadless.com. You guys can get SNU merch there. I got two different Strange and Unexplained designs on there. One of them is um, just the Strange and Unexplained font, like from the logo. And then I have another one that is like a like a live show mock-up poster type thing. Poster mock-up, rather. Uh, I like both the designs. Of course, I'm a little partial. But anyways, you guys can also get True Crime Guys gear there. Some of the dopest stickers, mugs, uh, freaking sweatshirts, t-shirts, tank tops. Summer's right around the corner. You want to show off your guns and your podcast swag? It's a great way to do it. All right, guys. I'm out of here. That's all the housekeeping. I love you guys. Thank you for listening so much. Remember, be strange. Just don't be strangers. Strangers.